If you can be a happy, healthy mom and have your child in five activities, then I'm like, okay, great. You figured out a way it works. But if that causes you stress, then we've got to say, is this really worth it? This is Moms in the Middle, the podcast for busy parents who need a little help keeping their hustle in check. If this is your first time listening and you don't know us, well, we are two moms working in television. My name's Ivanka and I work at Sportsnet, a national sports TV station, and my show is at nights. I also have one son, a two-year-old named George. And I'm Melanie Ng. My little guy is three years old. His name is Josh. While Ivanka is working at night, I'm fast asleep because I've got to be up really, really early. I work on a morning show in Toronto. We're hustling to balance the work life, the mom life, and personal life. So when Mel and I meet literally in the middle of the day, it's in the middle of it all. Our opinions and in the middle of the chaos. And that's why our show is called Moms in the Middle. Get it? Being a parent can be hectic. I don't think I need to tell anyone listening that. But when you throw in extracurricular activities, all of a sudden you're a chauffeur, a cheering squad, professional organizer, all mixed in one. Shuttling from games to rehearsal, tutors, it can be a lot. But here's the thing. Do kids really need to be that busy? When do they just get to be kids? Or do your kids need that extra push for more in order to succeed? That is what we're talking about today on this episode of Moms in the Middle. How much is too much? Let's hear from someone who is going through the juggling act right now. Canadian tennis superstar Bianca Andreescu has had a whirlwind of a year, quickly climbing the ranks to one of the top players in the world. And she's only 18 years old. So that means she's also still in school. I caught up with both her and her dad, Niku, about their balancing act. So you know what it's like juggling school and extracurriculars. What was it like growing up doing all of it? Yeah, for sure it wasn't easy. I mean, tennis was number one for me, but I also wanted to learn as much as I could at school. And my teachers were really flexible with my training and with giving me less assignments and letting me leave early. So um, that definitely helped. How have your parents been through all of this? Uh I mean, they've been driving me uh, back and forth when I'm in town to school. Um, so they have to take off work for me and then driving me to tennis. But um, they've been really supportive and they do believe in education and in my career. And they're letting me pursue my dreams. So I'm really grateful for that. So awesome. And we just happen to have your dad here. Dad, you're so proud. Very, very proud. She achieved so much in so less time. So yeah, we, we are very proud. What's it like being a parent and seeing the successes now, like all the driving, all of the practices, everything, and seeing it all pay off? Not easy, not easy. I'm sure every every parent uh, can be in our shoes, but it's not easy. Driving her around the school, training, everything, but it's some sacrifices that uh, we saw, we saw. Worth it. All right, thank you so much, guys. Obviously, the extra training on the courts, driving around to practice, buying equipment, it's worked out for Bianca, Niku, and her mom, but that is not for everyone. And our next guest is a strong believer in not overscheduling your children. For the last decade, Lisa Canning has run a professional interior design company and was featured on a number of shows like The Property Brothers and Marriage Under Construction. But here's the really impressive part. She's a mom of seven kids 
all under the age of nine. Lisa, all too familiar with the balancing act of trying to keep her kids happy while maintaining her sanity. She is out with a new book called The Possibility Mom that aims to help overwhelmed moms achieve their goals. Is that even possible? Thanks so much for joining us, Lisa. You're welcome. I'm so happy to be here. Okay, so you heard the interview uh, from Bianca and her father. Your first impressions, because you're number one saying um, your number one position is maybe we don't overschedule, but you are smiling when you hear the Bianca interview. Yes, I really do believe that everyone, kids, moms, dads, everyone, we're called to fulfillment. And so for Bianca, clearly it's her passion and she's following her dreams. And that's where I really believe that everybody needs to go. But it can't be at the expense of our health or the expense of the relationships that matter most. So if I was sitting with Bianca and she was telling me, oh my gosh, I love this sport, but I'm exhausted all the time. I feel like I'm missing out on my childhood. I feel crummy and miserable literally all the time. I would say to her, maybe we need to re-examine and just look at how we can do this in a healthy way. And I think it's the exact same thing for moms and for kids, that if a child expresses an interest in a sport or in an instrument, that we foster that. But it can't be to the point where you as a mom are so stressed out because you are literally shuttling every single afternoon where your evenings or your weekends are overcome and there is no peace. So I'm not saying it's not possible. But we have to then design our lives and take a really scrutinous look at what else is filling up our calendars. If we know that a certain competitive sport, for example, is going to demand a lot of our time, a lot of our Saturdays, a lot of our evenings, then how else are we getting rest? How else are we nurturing the needs of our other kids? How else are we nurturing our marriages? And just doing the normal stuff like cleaning our houses and doing the laundry and making sure that dishes get put away after dinner. There's got to be strategy if we are going to put so much of our time and emphasis in something like a competitive sport, for example. Seven kids. Yes, ma'am. under the age of nine. <laughs> Mel and I just have solos, so I'm in awe of how everything works in your household. So what is a typical day, a typical week like for your family? Okay, well, every day is different. I've got four kids who are in school, and then I've got three small kids. Um, I have them in programs during the day, the three small ones uh, that I accompany them to. And then we have a full-time nanny who helps us with so many things. Oh, my word, so many things. And so I work about four hours a day doing things like this, creating content, coaching moms, um, you know, popping into all my Facebook groups and whatnot. Uh, And then I really do have a full stop in a way on myself, and it's full-on family time when my kids walk in the door at 4 p.m. And for me, it was a conscious choice because— For the first five years of this journey, I was building this interior design career. I was in broadcast. I was working literally around the clock. And it came at too high a cost. It just came at too high a cost. My marriage was hanging on by a thread. I hardly ever saw my teeny tiny kids. And I just knew that if life continued at that pace, that it was going to lead to not good results. And so what happened? Did I give up on my dreams? No. But what I did was redesign my life and looked super super, super like intentionally at what are things that only I can do and can I get rid or delegate all the other things? And so that I think is a really key piece in this conversation of extracurriculars is what about all those other things? Where do those things go? So it's interesting, Lisa, you have a very strong opinion on uh, when it comes to extracurriculars, but what were you like growing up? Did your parents have the same ideals? Hmm. So I was a really... I'm going to call myself an over kid. But I will be very honest with you. 
it was my initiative, not my parents. So I was in ballet, I think, three times a week. I was in violin, and I was playing in an ensemble. So it was that was at least twice a week. I had piano lessons. Um, and, it, like, I was really involved, like, in my church and in my community. I had, like, cut out pieces of paper that said, like, practice violin 4 to 4.45, da-da-da-da-da, like, like, to the minute. And there's pros and cons to this. Like, did it give me good skills for discipline in life? 100%. But it came at a cost. I was like, I don't know, 16 years old and using words like, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. I don't think that a teen, because of the activities they do, should be speaking that way, in my humble opinion. So that was really challenging. And it also, I would say, and again, this is not, I wouldn't say this is my parents. I think this was very inherent. But it came as a result of experiencing success. I then developed a really unhealthy relationship with success, meaning I had to have it all the time. So again, pros and cons. I think it's taught me tenacity, a little bit of like resiliency that I use in my adulthood. It definitely got me somewhere. But again, there was a lot. There still is. One of the things that I struggle with the most, I was in therapy for like three years to to really heal this part of myself, was this unrealistic expectation and a need for perfection. And so it's challenging. The fact you recognize what that did to you, the Mm -hmm. overscheduling, Mm -hmm. too much activities, Mm -hmm. all that on your plate Mm -hmm. that led you to believe you were having nervous breakdown at the age of 16 Mm -hmm. and that you're not pushing that on your own children, though. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, they're correlated. uh, Yeah. Yeah, they're correlated. Again, do I think that children should be in no sports? No, I believe that we need to. It's our duty as their mothers to foster their talents, their um, passions. I that's I built an entire like book on helping people understand their goals and their dreams in life and then put them into action. But again, if we're starting, if it's starting to have psychological negative impacts on children, especially, it's one thing as an adult or a young adult, you can go to therapy, you can use skills, but kids, they're just developing their sense of self. They're developing um, just so many things about their personality and their view of the world. That's the leg up I want to give my kids is a sense of I am loved. I am understood. If I want to do something, my parents are going to support me, but they're not going to put a level of pressure on me that could be detrimental. I do hear it when I'm at the playground or the library, which, by the way, shout out to libraries because they the are best. fantastic. We go to music classes there <laughs> all the time, my son and I. Um, but I do hear, oh, have you signed them up for mm-hmm. Whatever, dance, gymnastics, tennis, swimming, skiing, you know, it, the list goes on and on. And those are just sports. <laughs> Can you tell mm-hmm. where I'm focused? But, you know, <laughs> then there's the math and music. Um, and it's hard for me to hold back sometimes and not keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, mm-hmm. because I want to think, oh, I want to give my son at two years old the best opportunity because, you know, this is the age where he loves doing that stuff. So, some, But sometimes I think you do have to hold back mm-hmm. of not enrolling them in Everything. Would you agree mm-hmm. with that? Success to me is happy, healthy families. If you can be a happy, healthy mom and have your child in five activities at the age of two, then I'm like, okay, great. You figured out a way. It works. But if that causes you stress, if that is causing you to worry, oh my gosh, they didn't get the solo in the performance or, oh my gosh, they're not, you know, they didn't make the cut for that next level of sport or what have you, then we've got to say, is this really worth it? Is this really the measurement of success that I want my family to live up to? Is there another version of success? 
that I can define for myself. So, for example, in my own life, when I was working around the clock and just, like, chasing and just constantly, it was like a grind, this hamster wheel of constant work, I was like, no, my new version of success is that I'm only going to take work that can fit between the hours of blank and blank. And I'm going to make sure that three days a week I'm picking up my kids personally. It's not somebody else. And did I have to make adjustments? Did I have to navigate a different way of working with clients? Yes, but it worked. And then at the end of the day, I don't feel the guilt that I felt so much so in those first five years of my motherhood career. But do your kids feel like they're missing out? Your kids feel they're not going to an after-school activity or something when all their friends are going to something? You know, that's an interesting thing, and I, I perhaps I have a unique experience because I have seven children. So it's like a built-in sports team <laughs> at home. So, yes, my, my unique experience might be different. But honestly, even if they did, what I would want to have the conversation on is, well, what are we doing? As a result of you not being in that class that used to take us three hours every single evening, what are we doing? Are we bonding as a family? Are you not feeling stressed? Are you not feeling pressured? And, hey, if you really want to do this activity— Let's find a way to do it. This takes courage. This takes the courage to say, these are going to be what I live up to. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like it, that's okay. I invite you to choose another form of success. But to be able to say for my particular family, I am going to fight for a version of success that is mine. Um, so there are a lot of parents that will be listening saying, oh, wouldn't it be great if my kid was the next Beethoven, was the next um, Kawhi Leonard, Sidney oh. Crosby. You know, they have these dreams. Mm-hmm. Some parents perhaps putting their dreams mm-hmm. onto their kids, not all parents. Mm-hmm. Is that a fear for you and a fear that you potentially see in other parents where they want their dreams lived out through their kids? Therefore, let's mm-hmm. enroll them and do all of this and see if a star is born. I think it's an epidemic today that we have to produce and that we are judged. Our success, our worth is on what we produce. And I think that it's naive to not include our children and what they accomplish as part of that conversation. So I think that a mom, a dad, anybody just has to have a little bit of self-reflection into why am I pushing a child or why am I encouraging this experience or this activity so much? Am I doing it because I can see them flourishing and enjoying it and they've expressed an interest? Or is this maybe an unlived dream of mine or an expectation? Or am I putting on them this measurement of success that maybe isn't fair? So I just think that we have to go into these things with just a bit of self-reflection. There are so many parents who say, I want to do this with my kid, but I can't because it's expensive. Mm-hmm. We should talk about the role of expenses in this one. Seven kids, no doubt. Mm-hmm. You understand what it's all about. Um, I remember growing up as, as a kid and my we had a family of four. And so I had three older brothers and then me. And we all did everything. Mm. But I should say this, our parents let us quit at any point, and I think maybe they let, it was okay because I remember playing soccer and going, I don't like it. I remember doing ballet. I don't like it. And I did jazz and I was no good. Um, and I'm thinking back now whether or not they said, sweet, I don't have to pay for it anymore because we have four kids or to raise. Mel around. Or yeah. drive me around. <laughs> or if it was, okay, let's let her discover. Mm-hmm. Um, so are there ways around that, around the expenses, around the balancing that way mm-hmm. in understanding if your kid wants to give up um, another way to do something else that maybe isn't as expensive mm-hmm. or, you know, you, you kind of alluded to that in finding something else. I think we live in a really interesting time where the Internet has provided so many options. I was actually just talking to a group of moms today in a training where 
A piano teacher was like, what if I did piano lessons via Zoom? Literally from home. She doesn't have to clean up her house for students to come to her. She's not stressed about that. And then the mom is not chauffeuring her kid around. Like, literally, I was talking about this today. That is a different way of doing things where the cost could be reduced and nobody's driving anyone around. You're still getting the instruction. Yes, it might not be one-on-one and there are amazing things about one-on-one. We're doing this interview one-on-one. I love that we're one-on-one. I'm not saying that the internet replaces one-on-one interaction, but there are ways that if you want it bad enough, and again, you're fighting for that version of success that is yours, you will make it happen. See, I had the opposite uh, childhood as Mel in that my parents made me stick with it. Mm-hmm. I had to do something. If I picked, picked, it up, picked it up, it was like a book. You have to finish it mm-hmm. until the very end, which is such a terrible thing sometimes when it's a terrible book. But piano, for example, picked it up at the age of four and, you know, practicing was the worst. And I hated it so much. Recitals were fine, but I hated to practice. And my parents made me do it. And I ended up, um, you know, Royal Conservatory, grade A. I ended up teaching for a couple years. And I love it. And I, you know, I don't play obviously as much anymore. We don't own a piano. But when I go to my parents' house and, you know, I'll sit down with my son or I'll I'll start to play away. And it's great. And I'm thankful that they did push me into that. And they made me stick with it because if it were up to me as a 9-year-old, as a 10-year-old, whatever age, yeah, I would have quit. Because I also think our kids, this is, again, this is my opinion. This is, you know, no judgment here, Mm -hmm. um, need that push sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? Like they need to be told what to do because you do know better. You have the experience. And and I remember one at my school, we used to have cadets, like, mm-hmm. you know, army cadets. Mm-hmm. And I desperately wanted to do it because my friends were joining. And my parents said, no, because you're going to hate it. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm going to love it so much. And thank goodness I listened to them where they didn't let me do it because sure enough, in a couple months, all my friends hated it and wanted to quit. <laughs> so my parents had the experience. But we love the, you, cadets. The, we love you. Yeah, yeah. That was just me. Um, but but there are times when, it, you know, the tough get going and the going get tough or whatever that saying is where you do have to give your kids an extra push to do something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely don't disagree. I'm moving my family to Florida We've made a very conscious decision to live a very different lifestyle all of a sudden. Am I absolutely afraid of leaving my family, leaving my absolutely amazing network here in Toronto? I'm terrified. But on the other side of that fear, what is there? Something kind of incredible. Like there could be something so much better than I ever dreamed of that will happen for my family. And I think this conversation, it's similar. Like we need to operate from an attitude of abundance as opposed to afraid of maybe what we might not have. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And clinging to familiar and not that, again, is this easy? No, absolutely not. Risk is not an easy thing. It could pay off, That's the thing, and we don't know unless we try. You mentioned one thing, Ivanka. So let's say you have one kid that excels in something. Mm -hmm. You want to shuttle them around. You want to nurture it. Mm -hmm. You want to grow it. Mm -hmm. But then you've got a kid who's the tag along. Mm-hmm. and has to sort of see their siblings succeed. And you've got seven. Mm-hmm. Have you experienced this where one kid is doing something and the other kid either isn't there mm-hmm. or wants to do it or kind of just has to live through what their siblings are doing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. has to sacrifice? Yeah, I've definitely been blessed with kids with various ability levels, various interests. And so what I would say is we collectively support each other as a family. So if one kid is into something, it's like we are going to cheer that person on. And coming alongside to this activity is a part of cheering that person on. The other thing I'm going to say, and this might be somewhat controversial, do we have to do everything together? 
I one thing that took us a really long time to learn, me and my husband, was just like, can we just divide and conquer sometimes? And that's okay. Yeah. Do you think that's a controversial question? In a lot of moms I coach, mm-hmm. there's sometimes an ideal they've placed on whatever activity, whether it be, I want to go to church as a family every single Sunday and it's like a non-negotiable and we have to go all together and we all have to enjoy it. Or like, I grew up having a Friday night evening meal. Everyone sits at the table. It is civilized and like everyone stays, all children. Like all I'm saying is that I think my experience is that sometimes you make an image or an idol out of something. Okay, we're going to we're going to do we're going to be a hockey family and that means mm-hmm. we do blank blank and blank. And if we don't do blank blank and blank, it's imperfect and wrong. Mm-hmm. And I failed as a hockey mom. No. What if it's like amazing that your husband and your son get to go and nurture that time together and right. build that relationship while you and other kids or whatever are going and doing something that they want to do. Again, is it always possible? Sometimes no, like do we all sometimes have to go along or what have you? But can we think outside the box? Again, I, I use this all the time. Like, what is possible? Like, what else right. is a version of success? And we don't necessarily have to make an idol out of an activity. I was just going to say, what, what's interesting is that you can develop different relationships with your different kids mm-hmm. when, let's just say, you take uh, mm-hmm. the one kid to hockey, mm-hmm. the other one says, I'm going to take you to art, or I'm just going to take yeah. you on a one-on-one date, and we're sure. just going to have a day. So it is interesting, and then yeah. you swap out the dynamic, right? It's like I, my one daughter, she does tutoring twice a week, and honestly, at first I was like, ugh, tutoring. Like, you know, I was kind of <laughs> like, great, we have to be somewhere at a certain time. But I now crave it. I love the drive, just her and I. I love, sometimes I'll bring another child and then we will have one-on-one time in that little pocket when she's at her tutoring program. So there's definitely a beautiful benefit of these activities, especially the time in the car. I can't remember who I heard say this. It was a parenting expert, but just so many transformative conversations can happen in the car because it's focused. There's not as much pressure. You're, you're driving. It's not like, you know, you're kind of sitting beside each other, but you're not looking at each other. Like it can actually be a really um, trustworthy place to mm-hmm. have sometimes very serious conversations. I love it. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. I've definitely some food for thought and every family's different, I think, is what we've come up with, but it comes down to the happiness Yeah, for both parents and children. Yeah. And good luck with your move to Florida. Oh, thank you. We'll come visit in the winter. <laughs> Please do. for this episode of Moms in the Middle. Thank you so much for listening to us. We're glad you came along. If you want to hear more, well, you can subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast app. We check and read everything. All of those subscriptions, comments, and ratings, they really help us, help us grow our audience and build up this community. And if you want to chat outside the episodes, we're always around. You can find us on social media. On Twitter, I'm at City Melanie. Ivanka on Twitter and Instagram at Ivanka Osmak. You can also find us on Instagram at Moms in the Middle Podcast. Let us know what you think. Give us some ideas, too. We want to hear from you. And you can also hear more about our show by following our network on your social media platform of choice there at Frequency Pods. And this show presented to you by Frequency Podcast Network and produced by the very lovely Stephanie Phillips. All right, everyone, we'll catch you next week. And you're going to want to tune in because it's all about keeping your cool in front of the little ones.